This is the coolest show brought to you by Hip Hop Caucuses. Think 100%. It's the coolest show you know. Keep the culture connected. It's the coolest show you know. In your ear, yeah, respect the expert level information, entertainment, education. Rev here, we got you covered as you hit your destination. Climate rules everything around me. Cream. For those who lost focus, close your eyes and just dream. Open your third eye, now the world is your off. Coolest, coolest show you know. It's the Hip Hop Caucus. Yeah, boy. I know. That's the thing that that's the default when you go when you go on the camera. It's your boy. Like, hold on, stop. Start over. Start over. Start over. I feel like the, the new kids are gonna say it me. It me. Oh, it's me. It's me, Mario. Okay. Oh, that's how we started. Okay. <laughs> Did everybody get that? Yeah. Down? Yeah. Y'all ready? Yes, sir. Hey, everybody. It's Rev Yearwood, host of The Cooler Show, here with the producers. And we are having another one of our producer conversations because we felt the need for us to bridge the gap between our little break, which was important, and also the opportunity to connect some of the things that we know we left you with um, before we took our break. Before we get to that, uh, make sure to introduce our producer. So to my left is... Destiny Hodges. And to my immediate right is... Tamara Tolzo Laughlin. And Dewan Cross. Yeah. So I want to make sure that we can get, really get to this conversation. Um, so we had a conversation last year in which... Last year, we want to talk about... We, it wasn't last year, y'all. We had a conversation. Like it. it did feel like it. <laughs> it felt like it. Now, you know what? It felt good to come back. Um, but we had a conversation just when we ended the last hiatus, the break season, talking about Cop City. And please, if you have not heard um, either Cop City, Stop Cop City, or Stop Cop City Referendum, please take some time to listen to those episodes right now. We feel, as the producers of this show, that is one of the most important moments and movements that is happening right now within the climate and environmental justice movement. We feel that what is happening in Atlanta um, is crazy, that they are literally trying to tear down the Willany Forest in Atlanta. Atlanta, for those who should know, Atlanta is called the city inside the forest. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Willany uh, force is considered the lungs of Atlanta for that predominantly black community. And if they tear that down, it would increase asthma and emphysema and cancer. So don't miss that episode. But we also noticed that before that, we had, an, a, we had a phenomenal conversation around care and repair. And those two things are connected. So one of the things I want to just turn to is, is Tamara, who actually runs her own organization, she has, so she's kind of like Jamaican, y'all, like a little bit. She got like nine hats. Like I wear a lot of hats, but she wear a lot of hats too. And and in that, and in that, Literally. so tomorrow, tell them about Critical Earth, again, wh- what that is, why you created, and also Destiny, another one of our producers is also on the board of that too. Shout out to Des and tomorrow for making that piece happen. But tell them about Critical Earth again, because we did that, and you can go back to those episodes too, please, and about camera pair. But just kind of do a little recap about why is it important for us to have can repair in the environmental movement? Yeah, so Climate Critical, um, you can find us at climatecritical.earth, is such an incredible collective. 
It's a bunch of folks who could do it all by themselves, and they have been choosing to do it together because it's safer for our mental health and for the future of the work. In this conversation uh, that unfolded last, well, it feels like last season, but oh, this so you, you almost said last year season, too. You're yeah, like, you know. Know. Um, we were able to really dig in. Like people ask, "What are we?" Right? Whenever you see black women doing anything, that usually mm. happens. But uh, we were able to break it down. Well, hold so, on, why does that happen? Actually, uh, mostly because when people are attracted and afraid of you, they they have they have anxiety as a natural response to their own relationship to wow. you and their lack of relationship to you. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's if you think about it, black people huddling together anywhere is the most dangerous place for black people to be in any part of the United States mm. because our connection and relationship uh, feels like it could be um, game-changing. Mm. Usually because it is. Because we're kept separately a lot by everything. So... Huddling together with other women in this work, with other um, non-binary folk in this work, with other people of color in this work, with allies who really... That stuff is dangerous because if if the work is about saving people and planet, it's also about keeping everybody separate so folks can get paid while they say that, but they don't do it. Okay, so, where three or more agree. Yeah. So it's been really powerful to be able to take this medium and platform and partnership to break down the truth about burnout. Um, how it's not new to the work, it's not new to labor, it's not new to black people, but the consequences of burnout in climate actually have consequences that will affect the whole planet. And so being able to break that down so burnout doesn't feel like a luxury item through conversations with um, Tara Huska and Anthony Rogers Wright around lateral violence and what we do to each other. Um, Moving into conversation with Destiny and Michelle Mahaka and Vic Barrett around the harm of violence at this level to youth who are asking to show up and be the front, the back, the sides, and the future of this work while offering them no support and a whole lot of work to do. So really thinking about it through that lens, moving into the legacy of burnout and what it means to have multi-generational harm be something that isn't just hurting people who are new to the work, but is a byproduct of harm that's happened and been passed down from our elders who are just practicing what they've been taught. So having a conversation with Peggy Shepard about her own revelations in this part of her work around how burnout has affected her work and affects succession and the legacy was a powerful conversation. And then to end that capstone in the conversation with healers talking about how like burnout, uh, most recently we had a conversation that burnout is not something that happens in five minutes or that you get over in five minutes. It could take three to four years to process everything that's come with burnout and it and processing it doesn't mean it won't happen again if you don't have a community to practice with mm-hmm. so being able to bring in Ife Kilimanjaro and Anasa Troutman who are active in the space and healing uh, Ife is now the U.S. CAN uh, executive director so she is going to be mo- doing yeah, yeah, healing yeah, yeah, yeah. at the continental level Congratulations. Um, it's really powerful to see this concept of burnout from the angles of the people you count on so it's been really powerful, and, I, and I'll be remiss if I didn't say that we kicked it off with an interview, one of the hardest interviews I've ever done, given mm. that I've been interviewed by you before. <laughs> like, uh, because in thinking about and identifying what burnout means in my own life and mm. why it's such a part of the conversation and why we have to stop pretending everybody isn't experiencing it, just processing that in real time to set up the rest of the conversations was beautiful and challenging. So you can go back and listen to all of those episodes and get caught up. If you have not, you should have did it over the break, y'all. But if you, <laughs> if you didn't do it, this is your time to do that. But I do want to, the reason why we want to have this conversation 
because we felt there was some unanswered questions or there were some open-ended conversations that we didn't get to. So I kind of want to throw this really to both, actually, just to both Dest, Destiny, for those who are listening, mm-hmm. uh, Destiny and Tamara, this. You know, part of our work in the climate movement is to talk to people about transitioning from one sector to the other. We go to folks who are in the Ohio River Valley and tell them that it is bad to work in those coal mines. If you work in those coal mines, you can get lung cancer. You can get all kinds of diseases. And we ask them because that is not how we should be getting our energy. And so we're asking them to transition from one sector to another. And that other sector is a clean sector, hopefully more healthy for them. So my question to you guys is this, the one of the unopened end is that by listening to the conversations, it seems like the climate movement is itself a toxic environment. And being a toxic environment, are we allowing people to work in coal mines that are similar in some aspects to how they are creating harm to people? And if so, at least when I talk to folks in the coal mines, they will tell me they actually know it's bad. That's right. They were like, I know it's bad. I know, but I'm actually doing this as a sacrifice because this job is going to pay me, and I know that my life may be shorter. And they pay for your funeral. And I pay for my funeral. Mm. It doesn't seem that way. So when uh, is actually the movement toxic? Is, Is this the right? Are we getting that framework? And if so, are there any warning labels coming into this process that allow folks to transition? Destiny, you want to tackle that first or you want to process it a little? I'm processing because that was a deep question. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll start us off then and okay. say uh, the answer is always in the question yeah, <laughs> and the framing. Yeah. And I would say the analogy of an extractive uh, coal mine is actually really great for this work. Mm-hmm. I just had a conversation with a different elder who was interviewed earlier this season about this set of interviews Mm -hmm. and about the conversation and about how much they believe in it and how much it's necessary. Um, And the reason that we had this conversation on a Saturday was because this person is detoxing from decades of walking away. So I heard Mm -hmm. you say, why are we trying to save hell so bad? So often when I have one-on-one conversations with people in the movement who are trying to figure out whether they can take another scoop full of coal in their lung Mm. for the promise of potentially not having to have the next generation do that work while watching the next generation Mm. be brought into it. So I do think that the resistance that we're facing is not dissimilar from fossil fuels resistance to die. Like, folks, we are in a space where the old guard, the old work, the toxic extraction that exists in the work and of the work is fighting for its survival. And the difference between this kind of conversation that we're having and not doing it is that everybody who's experiencing it is alone. They're isolated. So what we've been doing together is opening up the conversation so folks know the feeling of of weight on my chest or the headache that I feel or not being able to sleep at night or or having my nerves so um, fried that I cannot rest from my work because I'm concerned. People are now understanding that that's not just their experience and being able to relate it to people they look up to or that they're in relationship with Mm. or who walk around seeming like everything's great. 
And so people pulling back a layer across the whole project. People have been pulling back layers to go, you have seen me saving your, I'm gonna save your ass on Wednesday and saving your ass again on Friday. Right. Here's what it costs me. Mm. And so I think it's been really powerful. And I think more of us need to admit that just like we're retiring the coal fields, like uh, just this last week, Rivian, a car company that uh, is building electric vehicles, just bought an old Kentucky car field. Yep. Like whole coal mine. They're going to build the whole solar farm on top of it that helps them do their work. Mm. Look forward to seeing what that looks like always. But the idea that those projects, the brown fields of the work that come from old coal mines, we are building the brown fields so that the next generation and the four generations currently in the work don't have to try to build their lives on a toxic legacy, legacy that's choke that they're choking down every single day mm. so that I, I don't think we could have framed it better thanks Rev. Mm. destiny yeah yes to answer your question the movement <laughs> is toxic right mm. but it's also not just the environmental movement and i want to be clear about that especially in some of the conversations we've had like yeah. this is intersectional work and you have people who are a part of different movements and historically, movements have actually had this problem, That's right. right? Especially when I was in the conversation with Michelle and Vic, you know, talking to young folks, it's like, we have gotten to a point where we've also started studying and reflecting mm -hmm. because our elders mm -hmm. haven't passed things down to us directly or our elders have harmed us. So now we've been going back and looking like, okay, well, what was going on there? And we identify patterns. To your point about warning labels, um, in terms of burnout, I think what you mentioned, Tamara, those are warning signs, right? If you can't get good sleep at night, like if you're not getting rest, something's going on, mm. right? Or if you find yourself isolated, something's going on. Like we're communal people, we're humans. We need other people. And this work oftentimes isolates us or makes us feel isolated. So like that's something to interrogate. If you feel isolated in the work, why is that? You know, how do you find community? Um, but in terms of like other warning labels, like a movement that's not led by youth is going to fail every time. That's something I see over and over again. But also, like, if you don't prepare the youth, what movement are they going to lead? <laughs> and if you mm. have a lot of criticisms mm. about how they're doing their work, but you're not prepping them, like, that's also a sign. I'm just saying, like, there's things that come up that we need to interrogate. And so I think that's one of them. Like, when people have a lot to say about things, but aren't actually capacitating people to make the changes that they have questions about or they would like to see, then that's a sign. <laughs> that's a so, warning label. So let me ask you this question then. In your opinion, knowing that that the climate movement as a structure mm -hmm. is toxic mm -hmm. and needs to be restructured mm -hmm. so it's not toxic, right. we need to have people go to Critical Earth and check that out and many other resources because they've been damaged, yes. right? The question to you though, Des, is this. Do you think that knowing what you know now about the movement and young people, are they ready to lead this movement? Yes and. Yes and. Not alone. So yes and beside and with our elders and our elders. I need to really think about that though. As you, I'm, I'm going to ask you again. Yeah. Knowing mm -hmm. that this is a toxic... <coughs> right. You're asking them to lead a toxic movement as it is now no I okay. not as it is now that's, that's why not. i said yes and okay no <laughs> yeah. no so go deep yeah yes and not alone and not within this current structure so a new structure we need a new structure so how does that happen how does that work i'm all for a diversity of tactics so i'm not going to tell people to only do it one way yeah no i'm gonna, like from my experience i like 
affinity groups, right? I like building spaces that are safe. Although safe spaces, that's kind of, you know, safety is <laughs> subjective and relative. relative. So I, let me not use that word, but I like to build spaces for people to experiment and build community and actually build together. I do that with black folks because <laughs> that's me and that's my people and that's how I rock and that's my mission. That's my purpose. You know, again, diversity of tactics. So other people can do that in different ways. But I really think like having spaces where we can build, where we can have these conversations yeah. or the tougher conversations. Right. And really heal like healing needs to take place in order mm -hmm. to build a different structure or a better structure. Like there's so much healing that needs to be done that we saw in these episodes, yeah. but some things we didn't even talk about in these episodes yeah. or that we noticed in the episodes and have had to have conversations with folks in like back rooms and side conversations um, that need to take place. So we need space to do that. And yeah. I don't think that can happen within the current structure. I see tomorrow ready to jump in here. I want to ask Cross <laughs> this question though. I think it's important because Cross, you have been, editing mm -hmm. these mm -hmm. conversations yeah. and you're not really I mean you don't come into this you're not really you weren't really a part of the climate movement at all right you didn't come into the climate movement you came to the caucus right right so you didn't come into the climate movement you didn't know about like Sierra Club no. or League of Conservation Voters no. none of that right that wasn't even how you even yeah. even so imagined no, well, well, <laughs> I learned most of these terms and names through the podcast and through working with the hip hop caucus and then now that I've so, familiar, yeah, but yeah. so now you're perfect for this for this for this follow up question, <laughs> okay. then, right? So follow up question to you then, as an observer, yeah, right, mm -hmm. who's seen this. Your your daughter's going to go to college. Mm -hmm. Big up to that. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. yeah. Shout out to that. <laughs> if she decides to go into the climate movement for a career, what uh -huh. you going to tell her? There's so many, man. First, we've already had these conversations, so. Again, shout out to my education. You know, I, I look at first, I'm like, wow, I think this is the first time I met tomorrow in person. Yeah. So I'm sitting there like, oh, man, like I feel I feel her energy. I'm listening. I'm like, dang, this is just like when we were on the calls and stuff. So, you know, it's just it's <laughs> Yes, cool. I don't send my representative. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, so, that's, so that's, that's just great to be in the, you know, be in, be in that that energy and that aura so and y'all just know we've been five seasons so you know yeah, uh, but yeah. and with three the pan that we've been producing yeah, yeah. <laughs> three of them which we've yeah. done together this yeah. this quartet but and what Cross is saying about because of the pandemic and yeah. because of everything else that that has impact even how we yeah, have same. seen each other yeah so we just some of us well, we've mentioned it all the time we talk all the time but literally <laughs> we're in person so this is yeah. important but Cross yeah. the question is still there yeah. okay, so, you, you, you get so, the question now no no, no I'm full, no I'm I'm here so during the reason that what I mentioned that and why it's important is because. I look, I look at even like this and that's in my sister mm. you know I'm able to bounce things off so I, I a lot of the traumas that most folks may have experienced by coming through these different avenues I didn't ex necessarily experience because I came I, I met you you know what I'm saying yeah. I met I met the hip hop caucus so my experiences has been through this organization so when I speak to my daughter my children my I have a son also um, about anything like my daughter, she's going to school for uh, engineering and, right. ar and architecture, and so I spoke. We need her there too. I spoke <laughs> to her about city planning and things like that. Mm -hmm. So, to me, that's how you get into the movement. You yeah, utilizing right. your tools, your 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 talents, and the things that are are God given that's natural to you, and being able to affect and help folks in those kind of ways. I think yeah. that, you know, if it was something that, you know, she didn't love or some. It, I just it, with anyone, my daughter, anybody that I that I can that can hear my voice, 
utilize use your talents you know what i'm saying like it's so many things that need to be done as we've been having these conversations you know recently it's more than just folks that you know can 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 read a legal dictionary that need to help mm-hmm. in these things there are folks that from different cultures different you know different um parts of the culture different talents like you know arts and things like that so for my for my own children like my daughter yes i definitely would tell her that if you want to help your people do it by utilizing the gifts that God gave you and for her is math and science. <laughs> and so if it's, if it's, and I've explained what redlining is. That's why I was explaining, mm-hmm. explaining yep. to her just so that she understands like when you're building the community, you're building it for black folks. I say, you know, notice why there's no parks in this area or things yeah. like that. So yes, I would tell her, yes, I would definitely say do it, but I don't know, you know, from listening and, 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 and hearing all the, the, the things I would be very, not protective because you know I'm a sometimes it's you I, I the tools you need the resources to be able to, to decompress mm-hmm. to be able to have people to speak to about when you're not feeling well or if you just because having a lot of pressure on you you know what I'm saying pressure bust pipes and I don't care how strong you are you know eventually you'll bust <laughs> you know what I'm saying so you have to give you know children you know your, your colleagues you know uh, outlets and and just small things. Hey, how you doing? You need anything? Yeah. Conversation. Community. How how's everything going on with you in your life? You know, just being able to yeah, like Destiny said, community and, and conversing and things like that. And so yeah, I mean, I wouldn't lead her or anyone <laughs> to anything <laughs> without also giving them that other side, which is hey, when you need to take a break, take a break because I do. You yeah, know? yeah. Tomorrow, yeah. I want to. I mean, so. I appreciate Cross's answer. Yeah. And he's done an amazing job as a parent to get his two children, but definitely his daughter, into one of the finest institutions in the land in regards to engineering. But this is my question to you and Destiny in this regard. Cross is raising this amazing, beautiful black woman. Shout out to girl dads. Yeah, yes. shout out to girl dads. Yeah. Um, and, and in that process... As he's doing that, he just mentioned that she is a teenager now, mm-hmm. obviously, and she's brilliant. And is, and with the crisis what we have in the world, with we have the Canadian wildfires, mm-hmm. we have the probably the collapse of the Atlantic Ocean currents. Yeah. We have we have droughts. Uh, we have hurricanes. We have just a multitude of things that are yep. being caused by the fossil fuel industry. That is beginning not only to kill our planet, but particularly those of us who are mm-hmm. in, a, in the harm's way. My question to you is this. The, the, it, won't, it won't get any easier. No. More young people are going to want to help solve this crisis. They're going to want to get involved. They're going to want to use their gifts and genius. We want that. The <laughs> question to you then is this. I keep coming back to this point here. What is it? It seems like there's something that we need to fix within the movement to help the movement to be better. Because you're not, if I'm not making sure, you're not anti-climate movement, no. right? You're not anti-wanting to solve the crisis. Mm-hmm. You're anti-climate movement that is hurting the people in the movement from doing and solving the climate crisis. Um, I guess I would say I'm not against movements. Movements are like oceans. They're like massive mm, rivers. It's mm. like the Mississippi. There's so much stuff going on in there. It'll take you, right? So like okay. we are talking about forces of nature. What I am against is the fossilization of that word. Like mm. the fossil, like we 
fossils happen in a time record and it might be a it might be proof that something happened at a specific time so actually what this work is about is breaking up the stagnation yeah that has fossilized our tactics and turned us Ooh. into a tactical movement instead of a strategic movement mm. so when we only do things one way if the only answer we have is a parking lot party and making the parking lot party bigger and having bigger signs and having more paper mache which is all just a, like a we ripped out the bottom page from a whole movement's full of tactics mostly led by black people in this country in church basements and uh in community centers and on street corners as survival tactics there was a whole set of strategy and tacticians about each parts of that the parts that felt most palpable to communities that don't want to deal with race or class or their own culpability and guilt as a part of, of the privilege that started the environmental movement have fossilized the portion of a portion of a portion of the work Come on, and that's man. the thing that's killing people. My, my, my. That's the thing that's destroying futures. That's the thing that's setting up our elders to have millions of dollars and no successes. That's what's setting up children to have no mentees and no, no mentors in work that's full of people with knowledge because my everyone's Lord. afraid to deal with each other because Ooh. we've been told that you mm. need to be one and only. I grew up watching a show called Highlander. Uh, it's like something about dudes in the 80s wearing ponytails and solving problems. I don't, I don't know why we did that, but we did, right? And so in Highlander, there could only be one. So I refer to it, not I even mean, God bless Ashley Woodard and the Highlander Center and all the work that went on there. But I'm talking about Highlander Syndrome, which suggests that there can only be one of us who has the answer to the question. And that is actually My a byproduct Lord. of the fossilization of this work. Like the record has been stuck. Like, as a person who loves music, it's not a mistake that we're in this this, this co collective together. It's because if you scratch the record and that's all you're doing, you miss the music. If you scratch it while there's music happening, there's great stuff going yeah. on. Right? So, so the issue is that we stuck on one scratch in the record. We scratch on one way of doing it. We stuck on one set of tactics. And that's because the people who run those tactics are in a um, really selfish, thought, less thoughtful um, less focused on the future modality and some of those folks are young and some of them are old and like I think that that fossilization is what's stopping the work I when you said that your daughter is interested in architecture and city planning I thought well holy hell I know everyone in Louis Louisiana could use someone who's very clear on what kinds of structures facts. can be built All when flooding happens. People who are in the, in California fires would be deeply interested in the kind of homes that can be built when the thing might need to be um, avoiding heat Definitely. and fire. So I do think there's a whole book called Dystopia 2100, which is all about the kinds of houses that could be built when different climate scenarios happen. Somebody's got to do that work. Someone has to make it possible, which means people have to understand the conditions and climate. And I heard you say it, that if you don't have your own set of skills the movement can drag you just mm. like the mississippi so if you don't have a if you don't have something to fight the current you just gonna go with it and the current is is taking people in the wrong direction my 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 listen this time always goes so i can be shocked at how fast this time goes destiny i want to go around everybody to to give their final thoughts so you can get, you can get twice at this apple here so to speak <laughs> but i don't want you to not be able to answer the question on the table, um, kind of back to what we we're saying about a young person in the movement, advising them. You know, what would you tell them? That honestly, what would you tell them? This is you speaking to a lot of young people um, right now. You came through in unique fashion. If you can go back now and tell this young person or young people, what would you want to tell them about this movement? Mm. 
about this movement. Well, first yes. I want to say about being young, like stay young. <laughs> Something that I've been doing lately is just enjoying being young. Like I shouldn't be 23 stressed and having all of those symptoms of burnout that you mentioned. Like it's important mm. to enjoy yourself and to get to know yourself. Like a lot of folks, young folks. In what, what did you have that? Did I have it when? Did you have burnout? Yeah, I was, I burnt out a couple of times. I want to keep it real. I burnt out in high school. Not related to this movement, yeah, but yeah. just related to me as a person, like, doing a lot and being expected to do a lot. And that has to do with, like, the way I was raised. So, like, we talk about trauma, yeah. intergenerational trauma, epigenetics. Like, there's a long list of that, yeah. which is some reason why I was burnt out in high school. But then I burnt out again in college and I burnt out again, like, last year. Mm. So, burnout is also cyclical sometimes. And to Tamara's point, it takes years to heal from. So, I'm still healing, but I've been really intentional about it this time. Amen. The other times, yeah. I don't think I was intentional or I didn't even really know what that looked like. Like, I didn't understand rest. Did you know what care repair was? I didn't. Mm. Thank God for Tamara. <laughs> I really, really, really love Tamara so and appreciate Tamara so much because I wasn't taught how to rest. Mm. Like, I come from black women matriarchs who did what they had to do. My grandmother's never been to a beach. Mm. I have to take my grandma to a beach soon. And it's because she had kids young. That's just how it was. And she had to work to keep those kids alive and to survive. And that's gone on for generations. So I never learned how to rest. Mm. We didn't take vacations like that. I don't really recall taking vacations. Or if we did, it was so many of us that like it wasn't really a vacation. So <laughs> I have to learn how to do that for myself now. And that's like a lot of us have to learn that or break different generational curses and trauma in different ways. And for me, mine was learning how to rest. Oh, right. And, and habits of slavery. Okay. <laughs> like, that. Post-traumatic slave syndrome is real. Mm -hmm. Okay. We have trauma that like I've been, I just taught a class recently from my spiritual house and we've been talking about, you know, the importance of ancestry veneration. I'm gonna come back to the question. Um, and no, just no, how, you like, answer the question now. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. like we talked about epigenetics and how we were in our grandmother's womb. Yep. And like, that just shook everybody up, including myself. And to explain, like, women birthing people who have wounds are born with all the eggs that they'll ever have. That's right. So that means that your mother or the woman who birthed you, when they were in their mother's womb, technically the egg that brought you to fruition was in the womb of your That's grandmother. Right. Mm. So That's that right. means everything that your grandmother was going through, mm. your That's mom right. was going through, and technically a version of you was going through. That's and right. then we have, so when we think about epigenetics and trauma, Ooh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Real. Like that messed me up. I'm like, oh my gosh. Just knowing what my grandma actually went through. Mm. I'm like, dang, you know, I can see why I do certain things or respond to certain mm. things some way. I see why I don't know what rest is and why I don't know how to stop and shut mm. down or I can't sit down. My grandma still don't sit down. Mm. Like, but I say that to say I had to go through my own journey of rest and figuring that out. Still am. Probably will be for some time because everything isn't urgent and doesn't happen That's fast. Right. It's right. important to go slow. But I would tell folks to learn that. Like, what is rest? What do you enjoy doing? Like, have fun. Stay young. And in terms of the movement, I think we have to be really honest about our limitations mm. and that we also don't have limitations. Yeah. So when we talk about earlier the structure and how I'm saying, like, I don't think that could happen in the current structure, a lot of that is because we haven't acknowledged the limitations of the nonprofit industrial complex mm. or the limitations of the U.S. government or depending on a neoliberal state period. And a lot of the movement its foundation is that like depending on so let me break this down because you said a lot yeah. in that last yeah. statement right? <laughs> and I want to make sure like because, because I think that sometimes when that's being said mm -hmm. how it's being said it rolls off very quickly oh off God. the mm -hmm. tongue no 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 and that's important but but it's a lot you just said it's very yeah. come it's layered right mm -hmm. 
And I wanted you to just dig into that a little bit. When you say that, because fundamentally what you're saying is that this system is based upon certain things. Yeah. And you can go into what those things are, because you've left out a number of things, that is really to maintain the system. Exactly. It isn't really to deal with the crisis. No. The crisis is if the system is breaking down. But the system is going okay, there really is no crisis. Well, it would be a crisis for us, but It'd not a, for the system. Yeah, exactly. And for the people who depend on the system to thrive. But just break yeah. that down a little bit. What do you mean, and how do you change that? Yeah. So, I guess... And that might be another episode. <laughs> we low-key might need another episode <laughs> it on is, that. There may be still... another conversation, but please yeah, go ahead. I'll go give a it. teaser, but we definitely need to have another episode on that. <laughs> um, so, in terms of what I said about the limitations of the nonprofit industrial complex, again, that could be a whole other episode, so I'm not going to go too deep. But I will say that the structure itself... Cross, we were just talking about mm. systems. Mm. Everything is a system. Mm. Like, also, we're systematic thinkers, yes. so it's easier for us to break it down. Yeah. Um, but capitalism is what we're under. Yeah. A nonprofit is not going to, like, solve the climate crisis. I, yeah. I hate to say that. It's not. Mm. It could be a tool, mm. right, that you could shape and mold and use in different ways to get you there, but it's not the end-all, be-all. Yeah. Like, we're putting people into nonprofits. We're not giving them health care in many cases or, like, setting them to, up to retire setting them up to have sabbaticals, right? To take care of themselves, to have rest, but they're just expected to show up and do work. And mm. honestly, in nonprofits, we expect folks to do work for free mm. or little or nothing. What the hell? <laughs> we live in a capitalist society, which like is awful. You know, I wish I didn't have to have money to survive, but that means we need to pay people so that they can live, so that they can take care of themselves. So that's part of the nonprofit industrial complex is actually not taking care of the people that's in it, mm-hmm. right? And that's been going on and on and on. That has to change. But also like, he who funds you controls you. That's, you be saying that all the time. That's what I always say. <laughs> so we have to really also assess our relationship to philanthropy and funding. And mm-hmm. we've kind of done that through some episodes, I was right? Say, I, I feel like it's a thread. It's a that's thread. That's been running through the last few seasons. It's mm. a thread. So he who funds you controls you. Not to mention. Or she got, who funds you. you yes. Or they who The person you. who funds you. Yes. Mm. They <laughs> who fund you control Thank you. Thank you tomorrow. Correct. Like correct. Thank yeah. you for that. Um, and so that's another thing, right? These are a couple of things. There's more, but that's a couple of things. And then also a lot of these institutions, which you and your father are talking about institutions, yeah. are just running that rampant, like a little hamster wheel, like just burning folks out. Like that's their whole purpose for existing. To be honest, they don't want to say it, but like that's some how they, so, well, some of them do. They'll tell you like it is. <laughs> <laughs> or if you read between the lines, it's like, oh, that's what you're saying. Um, a lot of these institutions are stuck and fossilized, right? On that as the method but also white supremacy as the method mm. and that's what they're gonna burn Correct. out and chunk out every single time a couple of things also like you know young people again right young people aren't i don't like when people say at the table because you could be at the table but not be making decisions so people aren't making decisions mm. there's several things but so i would tell folks about this movement that there are limitations to this structure there are also ways to reimagine this structure and yeah. we don't do enough dreaming like, I was just at um, the Young Black Climate Leaders convening in Chicago last week. Um, I was a part of their first cohort, and now I'm on their advisory committee. And we took time to just dream, like, just to imagine. No limitations. We're just imagining. And it's like, well, how do you want to convey that dream? Like, or how do you want to actualize that dream? What does it look like? And we don't even do enough of that. We don't even convene enough to start you, that. Well, Des, I'm going to tell you something. You, there's so much... Man, I'm going to tell y'all, listening right now, there's so much. We are going to be having so many other conversations <laughs> right. that I want to dig into on, on that. I want to actually 
throw this one to Destin and go back around the room mm-hmm. and then we as we close out on this 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 kind of recap conversation. So Des, on that last thing you said there, uh, what's if you have to choose? This is a hard one too. Okay. Oh man. <laughs> I'm grounded myself. I know <laughs> it is. This is a hard one, and it's for all you listening. We are in a climate crisis. Yeah. Unstoppable. Yeah. And we as humans have a limited amount of time, which is a blessing that we're not that we that we are not here forever. Yeah. We are, but we are this particular sometimes life cycle is it ends. Right? And then we it passes on or it transforms. But as far as in this stage humans get very attached and don't think about that about yeah. what comes after them and how to pass it on this is my question to you do we have time and this is how I'm, I'm kind of using Peggy Shepard here so just know if you forgot the episode please listen to Peggy Shepard do we have time to rest and what I mean when I say that I know I'm going to leave that just like that because Peggy made that statement in that, in that process. And what she felt, the urgency of the moment was more important to put out the fire than to go home while the fire is still raging, so to speak, and to come back. You know, that's what she was basically saying. There's a fire raging. I don't need to go home and hop into the hot tub and then get a rest and then come back to the fire raging because there's nothing left. So do we have time to rest? And if so... How? Yeah, that is a question. Um, <laughs> we have to rest. Have it's, to rest. It's not an option, like to not do it, because then we won't be. So you're choosing rest over crisis. That's not what I said. No. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a setup for the folks in the audience. It, it was definitely a setup. It was definitely a setup. I knew that. I knew it was a setup. Um, we have to rest, and if we don't rest, we can't continue. I mean, keeping mm. it really honest, look at some of our folks in the movement who are no longer here. That's real. You know? And I wish they would have taken more time to rest. I wish the movement was in a different state and that our community and our communication with one another was better so that they knew that they could rest, right? Or that they had resources to understand what rest looks like. So we have to rest. One, how does that happen? We have to be in better community and we need to heal so we know that we don't got to do everything ourselves, right? That Highlander syndrome, imposter syndrome, all this, several syndromes that we need to tackle, but we have to be The whole body of the work is pretty sick, so it's It's pretty sick. Like, we have to be in right right community with one another and with ourselves, so that's part of it, too. Um, We can't do everything alone, so we have to rest. It's not an option, and I think to the point of being fossilized and tactics, well, again, the importance of diversity of tactics, I'll say that, right? But in terms of being fossilized, we we need to sit with that. Tomorrow drops something there because offense, defense. We spend so much time playing defense. That's right. Mm-hmm. And this could be broken down into several different conversations. I would say we've spent 45 years playing defense on yeah. climate. Mm. Offense. Get ready so you don't got to, you know, be ready so you don't have to stay ready or whatever the phrase is, y'all. I'm messing it up. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. Like, build infrastructure for healing, for care, mm. but also in community so that you don't have to be isolated. And so that when something happens, you don't have to spend all of your time and energy putting it out. You got multiple people doing it from different fronts and with a diversity of tactics. So everybody has time to rest and to commune and build better strategy. Mm. 
That's a little bit. No, tomorrow, same question. So one thing I can say is that in the in the burnout report, which spurned a lot of this conversation, which created the conversation, uh, there were three recommendations. The first one was to the climate community. <laughs> Like climate community needs to build in practices whereby it's imperative is as important as this rest imperative. We have wow. a climate critical. We have like a little hashtag and some and a bunch of things that we do that are not connected to any work. That's about creating space for rest imperative inside of things we're already doing, because if we wait for everybody else to do it, more people will be gone. Right. So the idea that the second one was that foundations need to resource folks at a level where it's not you either run home to put out a fire or you get to take yeah. a bath this week. Like that yeah. dichotomy, that either or, that feast or famine, that, that whole modality yep. is false. Mm. And so if you don't resource folks enough so that they can have staggered, staged, um, intentional plans, that means some people rest while other people are working on, so that man. the work keeps going. Mm. You can't ask for mm. what kind of campaign plan, mobilization plan, concept note would make any sense if only the one person who's going to do it is able to carry out the work. Mm. That's yeah. not sustainable. Exactly. So when we talk about sustainability, it's not just about cups and plates and plastic and mattresses and all the other stuff it's about. It's also about sustainability that can be designed by the people who are actually designing the work because they resource it. And so the movement demand that there has to be a care imperative is to be backed up by a funder imperative that there have to be enough people to do the work. That means some people got to learn, some people have to know, some people have to be ambassadors. The line of succession must be funded, not just the star, the person you're excited about, whether they're an emergent star or the star that's fading. You need the whole ecosystem to be fed or you're not really funding this work. You just dabble in it. And so the idea that these practices are running together is important and it's why there are things like climate right. critical right. because we don't have it is of the nature of human beings to die it is of the nature of human beings to get sick why are we planning for that mm-hmm. and because if we did we might make it less likely that it happens as often one of the things that got all this work started was that the burnout rate for people of color is so is about half the lifetime of a entity that might even have a sabbatical so if you burn out black and brown people, trans people, people of color at a rate that says they won't even make it to whatever your magical sabbatical al- algorithm is, then you have built a plan that doesn't plan to have black, brown, trans, exactly. or other people in it. Oof. Exactly. My, my, my. Cross. Yeah. Well, look. Wow, I got to take a second what tomorrow is say. I, I got to process I that. But it's up to you. The same question. Man, my sisters both just answered the that question first of all um so i'm gonna try to get my answer without you know repeating yeah no give your yeah give your answer we gotta hear yours too at the end yeah Yeah. (laughs) i think it goes back to you know what we were saying earlier as far as like you know i've been burnt out i mean i don't think it's too many of us that if you've actually worked you haven't (laughs) had some form of burnout and i think like when first asked the question my my brain said redundancy right and then tamara just literally explained that right you know coming from you know, technical world. If the power go out, we got generators. That's mm. right. So it's not going to go out. You know, you know what I'm saying. Something's always going to be there to pick up, pick up the task. Um, you know, younger me tried to work until I couldn't see. <laughs> now older me is more like, you know, I'm tired. I'm laying out for an hour or two. You know what I'm saying? Like, let me take it. Like, man, ain't no pride, ain't no ego. That's it's right. cool to, it's cool to get a little rest. Cool to get some sleep. It's cool to. Want to know when to say when, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a lot of things that's setting up people with tools so that they understand mm-hmm. that I got you, you know, to tomorrow's point again, just 
having the resources and funding available to be able to get more than one, two, three people to actually do the job because that's what ended up happening is that it's not enough of us that's doing this. So then guess what? Cross got to work on five podcasts because there's not enough people in the movement that even have the audio skills or know enough other resources out here that can do certain things where so if there's more of us that can do this work now you're seeing 10 coolest shows out here that's spreading these messages and things like that because we have more resources and people that help so that's that's my Facts. main thing yeah that's my main thing is just that you know getting getting the getting getting the resources to help the people that's doing the work so that people aren't getting burnt out so that you can get the rest you know i Sometimes you got to choose a rest over crisis. That's right. So yeah. you know what I'm saying. You got to. You got to. That's also a crisis. That's a crisis in itself. Yeah. You gonna mm-hmm. you gonna hurt your. If I ain't the best me, I say this all the time. If I can't, if 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 y'all, I take care of a lot. I'm responsible for a lot, mm-hmm. like most of us are, right? So if I'm dying, if I'm getting, you know, if 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 I'm hurt, if if I can't function and think, it's gonna be a lot of folks that's suffering because of that, that's right. right? And so as and even as I'm trying to build people up and teach them, you know, show them the game that I know. If I ain't able to do that, if I'm worried about, oh, I can't, man, my, my, my back hurt, my knee hurt, man, I can't, man, I ain't got no sleep. I can't, I'm thinking about all this other stuff, then how am I going to help them? So, yeah, it's very imperative for us to be able to rest. It's very imperative for us to work, but you got to listen to yourself. You got to know yourself. You got to trust how you feel. That's and like right. I said, communicate that to folks so that folks can, you know, they can, you know, act accordingly. Like, you know what, man, cross sleep. Let, let them get some sleep. It's that simple sometimes. It's yeah. Let people nah. rest. Yeah, let people yeah, rest. Yeah, no, let, let people, people rest. rest. Yeah. So uh, before we close out this show, I guess Destiny asked me what my thoughts are. You know. Yeah. On, you're a host, on, but you're a producer, I'm, and you're. I am. Well. And a wealth of knowledge. Okay. Well. So let me so let me just go back then to this one piece. I mean, we were talking about we acted about Cross's daughter. The in what what information would we give to her? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. What would I tell her? And you know, Cross, what I would say. And this to any young person, now with my wisdom being around and mm-hmm. seeing about a job or work mm-hmm. or a career, do not work for someone who does not love you. Mm. Hey, Barbs. Do not work mm-hmm. for someone who does not love you. Mm-hmm. The first thing you should do when you go and you're applying for anything is to find out if that person really cares about you. Mm-hmm. as a human mm-hmm. do not barter with your humanity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because if you're going for a paycheck <laughs> then you will be treated as a prostitute just trying to work in any profession yeah. even if your profession is saving the world you'll be treated like mm-hmm. a prostitute mm-hmm. so make sure you understand first and foremost and if nobody you don't find nothing then you become an entrepreneur. That's right. And then because yeah. you should love yourself exactly. enough to treat yourself correctly. Yes. If you're in that kind of environment, then you will know when and how to rest. Mm-hmm. You will know your signs because sometimes you can't get through a whole week. It ain't even getting to your two weeks vacation or this. You may need to stop on Wednesday. Right. Mm-hmm. to take rest for yourself. And because you love yourself, you would know how your body is telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. The question of you choosing between the crisis 
and the rest. I think, again, this goes to not only do you love yourself, but do you love the people you're actually trying to save? That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. And including yourself. It's not charity. It's solid, right. solidarity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the thing here is that if you truly are, in other words, I use the analogy of the house on fire. Right. And if you're a fireman, right, do you go, do you go and rest while the fire is burning? Well, ask yourself this question. If it's your house on fire and you have people in your house, would you stop trying to put the fire out? Mm. You would not. You would do it tomorrow, says. Even if you couldn't, you couldn't keep putting the fire out, you would get somebody mm-hmm. to take your shift mm-hmm. because your house and your family's in that house. Right. And so unless you see this, and I see that to me, when I look upon the climate crisis, I, because I've gone through, and when you have not only gone through a climate crisis, like what you've gone through for me with Katrina, but when you have also buried people because of they've died because of cancer and emphysema, and you have seen people's lives destroyed, when you have seen them, and they are beautiful, black, melanated people who are struggling. They are crying. You have been in a room with a senior who did everything for their community and their leg was cut off because they have diabetes or they just got diagnosed with cancer of their breast or whatever thing. And you know that there are folks in a boardroom who was intentionally killing your people that I'm telling you, you won't just find, you will find ways to fight and find ways to rest Mm -hmm. and find ways to study and find ways to fast. Mm -hmm. You will be about your liberation for your people at all Mm costs. That is what we need. And if you are going to some entity, some nonprofit, some foundation looking to save your people in the first place that don't love you or your people, you are on the wrong track. You will get what you get because you are asking the wrong people Mm -hmm. to save you and your community when they didn't give a damn about your people and you in the first place. If you are truly about liberation, then be about liberation. Take time to step back, not be about yourself, not be about what you think on resume. Don't worry about your LinkedIn, your social media, but simply be about what the answers have told you to be about fighting for your people. I will tell you, there's no better rest, there's no better spirit, there's no better power that you will be, you will find wings under your feet mm-hmm. and wisdom beyond your years if you have that mentality. Mm-hmm. And it all begins with love for yourself and your people. I want to thank y'all for listening to The Coolest Show. Make sure to check out all of our episodes, y'all. I am Rev Yearwood, and this is Destiny Hodges and Tamara and Cross, and we are the producers of The Coolest Show. Stay tuned for more All Power to the People. Like what you heard on this episode? Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Follow us at Think 100 Climate and at Hip Hop Caucus on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Visit thecoolestshow.com where you can take action for climate justice right now. You can also learn more about this podcast and donate to Think 100%.
which is a non-profit project. Thank you for listening and all power to the people. It's the coolest show you know. It's the coolest show you know. 